golazo. This morning we return to settling the mind in this natural state. In which we seek to release the tentacles of grasping, of identification, onto even our own minds, the psyche. That is, our personal history, our thoughts, our desires, our emotions, which are very intimate, very, very close. Again, Buddhism says they're closely held, closely held. And it is exactly that close, closely holding of our aggregates that makes us so vulnerable to suffering. So we can see that the, the tentacles of grasping of, of I and mine can really go out, I mean, could go out infinitely. Uh, if we had intergalactic travel, then we might be strongly identifying with our solar system as opposed to those aliens, you know. And, and having an us them, so that might be the border, or if we had, you know, if we were, we might identify with our galaxy, you know, the Milky Wayers, and even have our own football team, <laughs> versus you know, football team from other galaxies. They're the bad guys, you know. So one can see it. There's just no limit to it. And then I could be identifying with people with full heads of gray hair. We could have a special club, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We know we're a little bit superior. We don't talk about it much, but we know we have an edge on the other people, like, you know, the bald people. And, and those brown-haired people who haven't fully matured yet. You know. they're, they're unripe, unripe, fully silver-haired, white-haired people. You know. So there we are. I mean, it's, it could go anywhere, right? And so, but exactly there, insofar as we extend outwards in that grasping, it's exactly there that we make ourselves vulnerable to suffering. So anybody just starts disparaging old white guy, old guys with gray hair. Oh, it really bugs me. You know. He doesn't mind, but you know, I mind. And so in this, here we are, we withdraw the tentacles of I and mind from outside the body, and then we even withdraw it from, from the body itself. We're focusing on the mind in this retreat of shamatha, focusing on the mind. And there in the mind, instead of being caught up in the midst of it and identifying with it, we seek to view it from the perspective of the substrate consciousness, which isn't even human. So we're, obse- we're observing our humanness, that is, we're trying to approximate a, a perspective on our own humanness that is itself not human. It's just sentient. Right? So there are two ways to win this game, because we're clearly losing. You know, that we are so vulnerable to suffering. Physical suffering, mental suffering, suffering when people abuse America because I'm American, North, North Hemisphere and so forth because I'm a North, North Hemisphere guy, and all of that. So clearly we're losing that. So we have two strategies, and actually we can adopt them, both of them, and win, have a double win situation. We see this on the one hand in terms of the four measurables, and I'm referring especially now to something that we, we identify with really intensely, really intensely, and that is, of course, our feelings. My pleasure, my suffering. Man, what do we care about more than that? You know? And then, of course, my family's suffering and my family's well-being and so forth. And, my, and then white, gray-haired guys and that kind of stuff. Um, the strategy of the four measurables is to extend it out evenly and infinitely. It's really bodhicitta. And that is identifying with all sentient beings all sentient beings, as our own family, as our own parents, as our own beloved mother and father, siblings, and so forth, but having a sense, you're all mine, every single one, and, and bar none, we can't leave any out, otherwise we're right back into the mess. But okay, I identify with all of you now, you're all my family, you're all mine, 
right? All sent you. And, that is, and wherever you live, well, that's, that's our home. That's our home. That's where we live. That's our home. But we just don't leave anything out. That's interesting. That's the perspective of relative bodhicitta, for which the four immeasurables are the preparation. And then they come into full flowering in relative bodhicitta. Right? And then the other perspective is ultimate bodhicitta, where we totally retract, 100%, retract the tentacles of grasping and reifying I and mine, not only from my country, my family, but then also my body and also my mind, but then drawing into the awareness itself, even saying, hey, you know, awareness itself is not a person, and it doesn't really have an owner. And so even withdrawing from there, and where we're going here is seeking to view our minds from the perspective of substrate consciousness, and then break through substrate consciousness, and view even our own substrate consciousness from the perspective of rikpa. And what's that? Ultimate bodhicitta. In the Dzogchen view, rikpa is ultimate bodhicitta. So there are two escape routes here. Relative bodhicitta, total freedom. Ultimate bodhicitta, total freedom. So we really have, we have a strategy here. And, the, and now we need some baby steps, so I don't just give you grand, grand talk that none of us can reach. And that is okay. How about settling the mind in its natural state? And observe even the feelings arising, simply, simply arising and passing even them, seek to observe it from that luminous, that loose, that non-grasping and non-reactive perspective of your substrate consciousness. Let's jump in. Just a reminder, as, as frequently as you can, enter the meditation in a spirit of loving kindness. Directed towards yourself, and then flowing out in all directions. That your meditation itself is an act of kindness, something to bring you greater happiness, and to alleviate your own suffering and its causes. In that spirit and with that motivation, let your awareness descend into the body, Settle your body, speech, and mind in the natural states, and for, for a little while, calm the discursive mind with mindfulness of breathing. With 21 breaths, if you find that helpful.
now with your eyes closed, very deliberately withdraw your awareness from the visual, auditory, the olfactory, and gustatory, that is, from five of your, four of your five physical senses, and contain your awareness within the space of the body, within this tactile field. But to your best approximation, view this space of the body and whatever arises within it from the perspective of your substrate consciousness, almost as if you were having an out-of-body experience. Just observe that space without reifying it. Observe the sensations, the feelings arising within it without reifying them, without identifying with them, but simply observing them arise within this space, which is finally the space of the alaya, the substrate. Observe them without distraction, without grasping. Now let your eyes be at least partially open, vacantly resting your gaze in the space in front of you. But to the best of your ability, withdraw your awareness from all of the five physical senses and focus your attention single-pointedly on the space of the mind and whatever rises within it. Rest your awareness in stillness, in its own place, holding its own ground. as you observe the movements of the mind.
So if your baseline of practice between sessions, between the two shamatha practices we've investigated, is settling the mind, if that's the one you kind of resonate with or would like to maintain continuity in, then it's quite clear that between sessions, then we're not seeking to silence the mind, to get all the thoughts to die down, but rather to have an out-of-mind experience. And that is to allow, just as in this practice, allow the thoughts to rise freely, with, with no inhibition, no censorship, no restraint. Allow them to arise freely, 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 but without identifying with any of them. In other words, let all your thoughts be lucid, as mental states, emotions, desires, and so forth arise, be aware of them arising. So you're just lucid throughout the course of the day, observing the mind, whatever is taking place in the mind, again, from the perspective of simply mental consciousness or your best approximation of substrate consciousness. So that's a good continuity, good baseline also then for the close application of mindfulness to the mind, which of course you can also do throughout the course of the day. Okay. Enjoy your day. See you later.